0: P&L is brought to you by Proper Cloth, a leader in men's custom shirts. With proprietary smart size technology and top rated customer service, ordering a custom shirt has never been easier. Visit ProperCloth.com to order your first custom shirt today.
1: I would like to get a better sense of what caused the bond market to make such a significant move yesterday following uh, Janet Yellen's testimony in front of the Senate uh, committee. I want to bring in Carl Riccadonna, chief U.S. economist for Bloomberg Intelligence. Uh, Carl, I I noticed that the probability of a March rate hike rose to 42 percent from 30 percent just two days ago. What do you think drove this move?
2: This is a double whammy uh, due to uh, her remarks yesterday, uh, which uh, really focused on uh, the dangers of waiting too long, which is something we had. Actually, heard from her on uh, several prior occasions, so uh, you know. It, so, is
1: this an unjustified move?
2: Uh, I, I, to me, it looked overstated yesterday, and and you saw about a five basis point move in the ten year, and then it kind of faded later in the day. But it's continuing. But then today. this morning, this is the other part of the double whammy. You get this uh, barrage of strong economic data. The New York Empire survey was very strong. Retail sales were very strong. CPI surprised the the upside, uh, and so this all just seems to fall on. When it rains, it pours. Right. Uh, and so this just falls on to the notion that uh, the Fed is going to be uh, forced to, uh, you know, uh, maybe uh, adhere to a, a tighter tightening schedule uh, than uh, maybe they had preferred uh, just a, a few weeks or, uh, or a month or so ago.
0: I like that whammy. See, can I add another whammy? Sure. All right. What are they going to do in March? Are they going to raise rates? I don't
2: think they're going to move in March. I okay. know the so, odds uh, are increasing. Okay.
0: No, we take no for an answer. All right. So move ahead.
2: Sure. Add uh, go, uh, how many rate heights for the rest of the year? Uh, I still think it's going to be two. Now, okay. it is subject to the data, and <laughs> Chair Yellen has made that abundantly clear. And if we really see a new normal for the economy, which is vigor as opposed to sluggishness, then they could, they could possibly uh, stick to. That uh, schedule of three, but I really think that uh, we have persistent sluggishness endemic in the U.S. economy, and that's going to limit them to two. I got it. So uh, you think that you're going to have two interest rate
0: increases this year? Yes. If the composition of the board of governors of the Federal Reserve changes dramatically, and/or we get a signal between now and let's say that second rate increase that you're describing, if we get a signal that Janet Yellen is not going to be around in 2018. On the, as chair of the Federal Reserve, what happens, anything?
2: Well, we, uh, economists and Fed watchers will have to uh, reevaluate the Fed reaction function based on who's at the Fed. And if it's uh, uh, someone who is uh, looking like the next chair is going to be someone more hawkish, then you have to uh, reprice uh, Fed action as a result.
1: Right. You know, it's interesting. Uh, your question, Pim, really highlights one of the big tensions that uh, Janet Yellen is going to be facing today in her testimony, as she did yesterday, which is uh, the Fed's role in regulatory supervision of the banks. And uh, I want to bring in uh, Dean, Nathan Dean, who's a government analyst for Bloomberg Intelligence to give us a little bit more of a sense of, first of all, uh, what the significance is of Dan Tarullo stepping down as a Federal Reserve governor uh, in the upcoming months. Uh, and 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 two, you know, where we are with respect to the Dodd-Frank overhaul and what uh, the implications there could be. So the, the the resignation of Daniel
3: Tarullo really takes away the point, man, on the Federal Reserve capital requirements, the negotiations with Basel and the International uh, Capital Requirements Framework. And what it does is that it pushes him aside. It allows Donald Trump to bring in this new vice uh, vice chair of supervision and regulation, and it really negates any future rulemakings that we're going to see from the Fed. Uh, you know, it, there was a lot of talk about, you know, will Governor Tarullo continue to negotiate, continue to sign up for more capital rules, uh, and this really negates
1: that. You know, it's interesting. Uh, Tarullo was on Bloomberg Television earlier today, uh, and he highlighted in response to a question of, from Bloomberg Television's David Weston that perhaps the net was cast too large originally with the Dodd-Frank Act. Take a listen to what he had to say.
0: The post-crisis um, regime, both supervisory and regulatory that's been put in place, in many instances, cast the net perhaps too broadly or deeply. I've been particularly concerned with the impact on community banks. You know, the, the risk-based capital rules had to be changed to take into account what the media, the, the, the big regionals and the largest banks were doing. But in the process, those same rules apply to community banks.
1: Uh, Nathan, do you think that it's significant that uh, Dan Trullo himself sees places where Dodd-Frank could be potentially uh, curtailed?
3: Absolutely, and I think the debate that we're going to see over the next year is, what's the scope of the curtailing or the uh, weakening of these provisions? You know, the Federal Reserve has already taken steps to weaken the qualitative car for banks between 50 and $250 billion. Bloomberg News obtained a memo about the next version of the Choice Act, trying to do away with that qualitative car. So I think what we're going to have to expect from the Fed over the next year, and maybe Janet Yellen will tell us a little bit more in this testimony this morning, is what are her plans for the next year? Are she, is she going to be open to working with Republicans to scaling back down regulations for those 50 to $250 billion size in banks, or, or is she essentially going to say that, you know what, I think what we have is appropriate right now, and it will be up to the next Fed chair and the next, uh, you know, Donald Trump's appointees to uh, take that further.
0: Carl Ricard, I want to put to you a scenario in which we have anti-regulation at the Fed. We have the promulgation of the administration's view that regulations ought to be diminished. So you have that. Plus, you have a relatively easy money policy because let's speculate that there are business leaders who will be taking some of those positions on the Fed Board of Governors, and they're going to want easy money. Do you see that that is a possibility?
2: I I definitely think that uh, the you know the regulatory wave uh, uh, ebbs and uh, and wanes uh, over the course of the. Uh You know the the aftermath. Is that a yes or is that a yes? So I, I you know, it it has been uh, on uh, on the rise, and I think that we could see it retreat uh, for a bit uh, for the reasons uh, you mentioned. Nathan, you agree?
3: Do And I I think what's going to happen here is is it's really going to be which bank is going to see the most regulatory relief. You know, there's this huge debate in Washington. Is it the small banks? Is it the big banks? You know, we just heard that comment about community sized banks. So uh, I think the debate is going to be can the big banks essentially attach themselves to this wave of deregulation that right now is favoring the smaller ones?
0: PL is brought to you by Proper Cloth, a leader in men's custom shirts. At propercloth.com, ordering custom shirts has never been easier. Create your custom shirt size by answering 10 easy questions. Select from over 500 fabrics to suit your personal taste. Shirts start from $85 and are delivered in just two weeks. With Proper Cloth's Perfect Fit Guarantee, remakes are completely free and expert staff are standing by to help. For premium quality, perfect fitting shirts, visit propercloth.com. Custom Shirts made smarter. Purport. Are you a snack person? Are I, you a Frito I, Lay person? I'm not a, a Pepsi Frito Lay person. person how about no. oatmeal?
1: I like Quaker oatmeal. Oats. Yeah, yeah, and that's what that's what they've been bolstered by. Um, but when I look at their earnings, on the face of it, it seems like you know they are benefiting from the fact that forty five percent of its revenue uh, is, uh, is coming from these guilt free products. I want to bring in Ken you Shea. You put that in air quotes. Yes, I did put that in air. quotes. I mean, come on, nothing's guilt free. You can always put guilt around anything. Ken Shea, uh, food, beverage, and tobacco analyst for Bloomberg Intelligence. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on uh, Pepsi's results. Hi, Pim. Hi, Lisa. Sure. PepsiCo
4: reported today another sound quarter. Um, You know, PepsiCo, among the food, beverage, tobacco companies that I cover, seems to be the one that seems to be the most predictable, the steady grower. And this was just another quarter in that mix. Um, So why are shares down? Well, maybe a lot of it was anticipated, perhaps. Um, I mean, from a fundamental point of view, its biggest drivers in North America, Frito-Lay, Quaker, the beverage business collectively put up good numbers, uh, you know, high single-digit sales, you know, high single-digit operating profits. It's really the uh, non-North America operations. They're having some uh, currency issues outside, you know, the U.S., North America. But uh, overall, you know, if you're a fundamental owner of PepsiCo, I think you have to be pleased with today's numbers.
0: Hey, Ken, can I just uh, ask you to give us a view of the industry right now? I mean, we got the results from Dr. Pepper Snapple uh, this week. I want to know what's going on with Molson Coors brewing in the wake of that whole... Beer market shakeup and then constellation brands with the Mexican business.
4: Sure. Well, there's a lot in there to unpack there, Pim, But I'll do my best. <laughs> you know, the beverage business is a steady grower, and you know, like I think across all beverages, it's the alcohol beverages that are probably doing the best. It's still the uh, the craft distill business. Uh, even the craft beers are still doing pretty well. They're getting a little more competitive. It's the non-alcoholic side that seems to be growing a little more slowly. Some of the turmoil that the companies are citing here is some of the uncertainties in Latin America. You know, there's just talk about a border tax. Uh, a lot of these companies source goods uh, from Mexico. Um, well,
0: Constellation is Corona beer. That's correct. Uh, Modelo, so, right, in the United tequila. States.
4: That's right. And it's a big driver to Constellation brand's uh, sales and profits. So if there's a tax imposed there, you know, that could be, uh, you know, an issue for them. They have some... Strategies to mitigate that, where they source goods and so on. Um, but nevertheless, you know, you, you can't escape a uh, you know a, a tax if it's when imposed on a big piece of business. Um, but you know, it, 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 what about
0: Molson Coors? Go there, Ken.
4: Molson Coors is still digesting, uh, you know, the full stake in uh, the S.A.B. B uh, Miller. Um, Business that they got as part of the Anheuser-Busch deal that they relinquished their uh, 50% partnership stake. Those beers uh, put up by Molson Coors tend to be slow growing because of the the so-called popular beers, not so much the craft beers. that are really where the action is uh, in, in the U.S. You know, you're talking about um, Middle Light and, and Coors Light right. and so on. They have leading shares, but they're just not growing as quickly. I think a lot of the millennials are, are moving to more um, you know, exotic tasting, richer right. um, flavored beers.
1: Well, I- I'm wondering if they're going to move toward a more exotic tasting mac and cheese. Kraft Heinz is going to be reporting today after the bell. Uh, shares are up more than 30 uh, percent in the past 12 months. What are you lo- expecting real quick out of the earnings today? I think
4: uh, everyone's going to be looking at the margins. You know, Kraft is all about uh, margin enhancement right now. They're on a uh, tremendous sweeping cost-cutting program. Uh, they're close to meeting their two-year target of cost-cutting. We expect uh, at some point, second quarter, maybe second half of this year, for them to start looking at the top line, whether that's acquisitions, whether that's new products. Um, but this, this quarter is all about cost-cutting and how much more they can boost operating margins.
0: All right. Well, we're going to be looking for that. uh, Look for the earnings. Uh, The estimate is for earnings of uh, 87 cents. Uh, We'll be bringing that to you, of course, uh, as soon as it is released for uh, Kraft Heinz. Thanks very much for joining us. Ken Shea is food, beverage, tobacco analyst for Bloomberg Intelligence. p l is brought to you by Proper Cloth, a leader in men's custom shirts. With proprietary smart-size technology and top-rated customer service, ordering a custom shirt has never been easier. Visit propercloth.com to order your first custom shirt today.